Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey friends, welcome to another episode. This episode is part of our first quarter 22 mental health and entrepreneurship series, which I am super excited to bring to you. My guest today is actually a former coaching client of mine, and she is just an extraordinary human with a heart of gold, and I love and adore her. I miss her, and hopefully she'll be back someday. But anyway, without going into too many details about Gina's experience with working with me, I want to share her with you. And Gina is a coach that focuses on helping women overcome abuse and trauma and discover joy. And she does that through her faith and her experience with God leading her through a journey that was very tumultuous, filled with a lot of emotions, a lot of health issues, and a lot of a lot of trauma, but a lot of shame as well. So we are going to dive deep into shame today. And I this is a a subject that I address in my book, You, Me, and Anxiety, which is obviously publishing in the beginning of 2022. And that is why I'm doing this series. But it's something that a lot of people live with and they don't even realize that that is the root of what's happening in their life today, the fear and the anxiety and the things that are holding them back. So we're going to dive into that today. And I hope that even if you don't think you're living with shame or you are not living with shame, maybe somebody you know can really receive this message and it will help them move forward. So keep that in mind as we go through the episode. If there is someone that you think this would help, please share it with them. All right. Without further ado, Gina Rolkowski, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Robin. And, and yes, I totally miss you too. Everybody, you know, I've talked about this before. Anybody I work with, whether it has been through photography or coaching, like I bring people in and they become part of my life and part of my family, part of my heart. So that's just how it goes. So anyway, Gina, will you tell the listeners a little bit about you? You know, how you got to the point where you are today, your journey has been definitely a long one and tumultuous, but you are not only surviving, but thriving now and working so diligently to help others improve their lives too. So tell us a little bit about you. I'm a post-traumatic growth coach. And like you said, I help women overcome abuse and discover joy through my Bridge to Breakthroughs program. I started out actually before I was doing coaching, I was a teacher and I taught um, kindergarten, first and second grade. And it was there that I actually learned a lot of the emotional intelligence stuff that I was learning and brain-based behavior and connection and all really, really was helpful for like the inner child part of me that was still suffering that I didn't even realize. So it was kind of like a real monkey healing thing. But at any rate, I have one grown daughter who lives in Florida. I'm a big Philadelphia sports fan. Even the Eagles really suck this year. Um, <laughs> and um, like my biggest thing in my life is my relationship with God and how that really helped carry me through years and years of 
childhood sexual trauma, drug addiction, suicide, psych wards, you know, um, seizures, um, et cetera, et cetera. But if it wasn't for really my relationship with God that helped carry me through, I don't believe that I would be alive today. It's a beautiful gift, right? Faith. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's one that we need to receive. Like if it's, you know, you can have a gift, but if somebody doesn't receive it, it doesn't work. So I really think that's one of the things I've learned is to learn to really posture myself to receive the gifts that God has for me, like unconditional love and peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's actually carried me through this awful last two years that we've all had. I just haven't really felt anxious or fearful during any of it. I just believe that staying close to God has really helped me the way it did all those other years. So it's like, you know, whatever happens, I'll be okay. Yeah. So Gina, your journey, you, you, I know you had anxiety as a child and your mm-hmm. anxiety as a child presented the way mine did as a child with stomach pains and, yes, you know, yes, true, yes. A, literally physical stomach pain that, you know, for me, it would result in tears and I, yeah couldn't go to school. It was, yep. it was terrible. My mom had no idea what to do. With going on. Oh yeah. The doctor told my mom <laughs> oh, she's doing it for attention. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But it was a real physical pain. And I think that's yes. something oh, yeah. I address this in my book that it's something that so many people don't recognize. And I want to point this out because you started with anxiety, but that isn't the root of your shame. You experienced childhood trauma through abuse that on top of anxiety led you to all of the mental health challenges and anguish that you suffered through for years. So I want to talk today about shame and I want to talk about how your journey, how you overcame that shame, because I think it's something, and, and I want you to speak to this because you've lived it, but that shame is something that we I think as humans will harbor and we, we take on that shame and it's, it's like we own the offense that someone else did and we can't overcome that with ease. And I I know you've used your faith as the baseboard or the, you know, the launch pad for overcoming all of that, that you experienced. But I want you to talk about that today. I want you to tell us like, you know, what are your thoughts on shame and, and what are steps that people can take to overcome those thoughts that they're owning that really aren't theirs to own? Right. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, is like you said, that one thing that I, I don't think I realized for a long, long time was that I was struggling so much with shame. You know, like anxiety is this like physical manifestation of unresolved emotions. And one of the biggest ones is shame. But most people don't know, like, you're dealing with shame unless you can actually like sit and recognize it. And I know for me, there was like this for the longest time, this unconscious thing in my, in my mind, in my, you know, of literally being afraid that somehow the outside world was going to like put the rubber stamp of like approval, so to speak of all the horrible things I thought about myself. And, you know, it was like inside I was feeling like I'm a loser ugly. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm a dirty, you know, for lack of a better word, like just a hypersexualized woman who just sleeps around, you know, and all these different things that I thought about myself, you know, but when I was able to kind of like really look at those and make some space to go, okay, well, this is what I'm believing about myself. Even though I didn't want to believe those things, I didn't even have to like agree with them, but just to be willing to look at them I was able to kind of go, no, no, wait a minute. 
this is what I'm believing about myself, but is that really true? This was like a while ago, years ago, but I really went back to an affirmation that I came up with early, early on in my recovery that I am a child of God. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, if I'm a child of God, then I'm, I can't be a loser. Like, who am I really, you know, and, and the more I really was able to kind of say, well, no, wait a minute. Like who I really am is not what happened to me, you know? And, and when I really learned too, that, you know, as, as a child, the way you are treated becomes like your inner child, your voice as you get mm-hmm. older, you know, and started realizing that everything I experienced was absolutely normal for the way abuse impacts a, a sense of self, so to speak. So like when you're abused as a child, you become I am bad because you don't know anything different. Your brain just goes and then your body stays on high alert and then you have all these anxieties. So being able to like recognize that I was responding and my body was responding to an unsafe, horrible situation. And then anxiety didn't mean I was crazy. It just meant my body was keeping a score and trying to protect me, made me be able to go, oh, oh, like, oh my gosh, so I'm not really crazy. You know, and the more I learned about how this actually is sexual trauma and abuse and childhood trauma impacts the body, mind, and spirit, I was just like, oh, okay. Now I really know I'm like, okay, I know I'm not crazy. And I really, really, really was able to start, especially with my faith, going to God and going, well, let me find out more about what he says about me. Like, I know what the world has said. I know what my dad said. I know what my ex-husband said. I know what I think the world is saying. But what does God say about who I am? And I just wrote down in my journal, like, every Bible verse I could find of what God says about who I am. You know, and I'm unconditionally loved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I'm more precious than rubies. And it's just, I started saying those things just out loud. And I was just like, you know what? It doesn't really matter what bank account I have or what car I'm driving or what my job is or what happened to me, like nothing can change. Like this is not takeable. Like who I really am is what God says. And so that was really what helped really just transform my, my perception of myself from, you know, a loser to like a beautifully, fearfully, wonderfully made child of God who was just hurt and wounded and responded in an absolutely acceptable fashion. I love that. That's so beautiful, Gina. And I love those, those verses that you use as affirmations. And I think they're verses that, you know, whether you're living in a place of shame or not, whether you, you know, had the life experiences you've had or not, they're verses we can pull from when we're sitting here as entrepreneurs in a place of imposter syndrome or just fear of putting ourselves out there that, you know, what other people think of us doesn't matter at the no. end of the day if we no. have God on our side because yeah. he will never leave us or forsake us. And so if we can trust in that, I think we can overcome anything. But I think, yeah. and tell me if you agree with this, I think that oftentimes, you know, people study the word of God, they go to church, they do this, they do that, yeah. but they make choices to continue to worry or to continue to sit mm-hmm. in that place instead of really what is the right word? I guess accepting that love for those people. Like what, and I know this is work that you do with your clients. So how do you encourage people to stop sitting in that place of fear and worry and anxiety and shame and accept the love of Christ and the love that God is offering us and, and, and his hand that we can hold to walk through all of these 
you know, bits and pieces of turmoil that, you know, we go through in our everyday life. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing is like, I, I use a lot of visualization and I, I, this is what helps me, helps me and I still use it all the time, but I really, the, I think the more personal, you know, you can, when, and, and imagination is like such a huge, huge, important tool for healing from trauma because the brain doesn't know the difference between like perceived and real. Right. And right. God is obviously real. But so, I mean, I have literally closed my eyes and, and, and I imagine myself depending on what I need. I mean, even when I go to bed at night, there are times when I really put my head on my pillow like this. And I'm just like, I'm laying on your, on your lap, God. I, I, you know, here I am. I am at your feet because one of the things that I feel like God expressed to me when I was journaling over the last few years is receive. And I never really thought. Like, do I place myself in a position to receive what God has for me? Am I busy in my head, like saying prayers, you know, praying on a rosary? You know, am I like reading something? But do, when do I ever just literally? So, I mean, I just tell my clients, and I, you know, sit, you know, lay down, whatever, open up your palms and just be like, I am here to receive. I am. And it's hard to sit still when you've been traumatized because your body's just so, you know, sometimes, you know, earlier I would walk. You know, and I would just be like, I'm, I'm here to receive. I have, but the more I was able to posture, really posture myself in a position of receiving and being like, I'll turn on my soaking prayer music, just calm, you know, quiet, beautiful music. You know, anybody can find whatever appeals to them, but there's so much stuff out there. And I will turn that on and just lay down with my hands up. And, and that's pretty much how I approach God every day. It's like, I, I love you. I'm here. I, I want to do your will, but I, I'm also here to receive what you have for me. And and one of the things is it's not like you have to go to Target and like look through it for Black Friday. Like, oh, where's my peace? You know, <laughs> when the more you spend time with God, like it just like it's amazing to me how it just literally happened for me that the more I did that, that I literally was like, what? no, wait a minute. I can't believe how peaceful I feel. I even had people in my therapy group who was in my therapist who was like when I started doing this she's like you have this like peace about you and I said oh you know I just started doing this soaking prayer and 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 just literally resting and receiving God because I started learning he does say I will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding right so like I'll take that right you know and yeah. so it, it's kind of like the gift that you have, you want to give somebody, but they never come to get it. And I think God sometimes is like, no, okay, all right, you want to worry? I still have it, you know, but do we ever like, do we know how to receive from God is the question, I think. Yeah, and I think that I think that's a really good question. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because, you know, it, we rush through life and there's so many things that we could choose to worry about. But I think at the end of the day, it's a choice. It's a choice to sit in that I, I or it's think a choice it, to receive. It, oh, yeah. I have to make a choice every morning when I go. Yeah. I'll set my alarm an hour early just because I know that if I don't, it's just literally will click like that if I don't make my time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like if you don't eat, you're hungry. You know, if I don't rest with God, I'm not peaceful. Yeah. And I, I think, too, like when you come from a place of you know, anxiety, fear, shame, it's harder to accept, mm -hmm. you know, it's harder to, to yeah, think of yourself as worthy to receive. To receive it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, so I, you know, yeah, it's I, been a long time since I felt like that. So I forget that that is a definitely something that people experience like the, I am not worthy. And that 
I will say one of the things I did when I did start to feel struggle with that, because I would struggle with, oh, am I praying enough? Am I saying the right thing? Am I doing enough? Am I working hard enough for my business? Whatever it is. And then I thought about the story of the prodigal son. And there are times when I don't feel worthy. I will close my eyes and imagine, like, you know, Jesus, God, you know, the Father, whoever, like running down a big green hill going, oh, Gina, like you're here, you're back. Like, you know, the prodigal son story. And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, we've got the fatted calf over here for you. And the dancers are over here. And we're just so glad you're here. Just come on in. Because when I feel unworthy, I have to remind myself that God is literally like, I am so happy you're here. Come on in. Here's my coat and, you know, and all this, the whole story of the prodigal son. And all of a sudden, my body changes and my spirit of feeling unworthy changes. And I'm reminded that I don't have to do anything to receive God's unconditional love and and support. And that's, I mean, I use my imagination all the time, but I I did it the other day when I was feeling so unworthy. I was like, oh, I haven't done this. I should, you know, and I was like, okay, let me pull out my little prodigal son visualization. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now I can move forward. I'll take the, I'll take a filet of mignon over here. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Okay. So Gina, you work with your clients a lot on CPTSD, which is complex chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because it's, a, I mean, we've all heard of PTSD, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about how you work with or about the people that you work primarily with, the, the, mm-hmm. with this complex component right. of PTSD. Well, the issue with complex PTSD is like PTSD is, you know, and there's no like ladder or rung of like, worseness so to speak it's not like you know my trauma is worse than yours necessarily but when it comes to complex trauma we're dealing with the impact it has on the person's sense of self you know their nervous system is completely like on constant high alert because it's been trained to be so so to speak so when you're dealing with ptsd it's, it's an event that was horrible it happened it's terrible you know you may be triggered by, you know, if you're in a car accident, getting in a car, you know, it's pretty scary for you and your body may still, you know, be on some high alert and you have some anxiety, but it doesn't necessarily impact your sense of self, your sense of I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm shameful. I'm not, I'm not capable, you know, the, the depression and the anxiety that comes with it because it's a body, spirit, mind experience. You know, it's not like I did something bad or something bad happened that I am bad, I am worthy of bad things, and really learning how to transform the sense of shame, obviously, that this belief that you are a loser and you're shameful, and learning how to repeat. You know, the other thing is what happens when you're dealing with complex trauma, you've grown up, you know, having these patterns of behavior. You know, you learn how to cope to survive. So what you do in life is basically survive. You know, you go in and out of relationships that aren't so good for you. You may be having addiction issues. You know, you kind of just keep doing the same thing over and over because it's all you know, because that's what you learned growing up. So when you've got complex PTSD, it's a lot of relearning, like learning new tools. First of all, learning it's okay that you're doing what you're doing because it's all you know. I tell people all the time and my clients, like, you're not going to yell at yourself for writing with your right arm if that's the ways you were taught. Right. But yet we yell at ourselves when we sit by the phone and wait for a guy to call or we do whatever we do. And it's like, oh, I'm so horrible. But like, you don't know anything else yet. Like, that's what you know. Now we're going to learn something new. 
Okay. So, but that's kind of the deal with complex trauma is that it really sends, you know, your relationships, your sense of self, you know, how your nervous system is set up and all that. So it's an all encompassing life altering kind of, kind of thing. And PTSD certainly can be life altering as well. It's just, it's kind of a different, and I don't even, I think it's really almost only recently, if it is even in the DSM for that it's a, like a diagnosis, so to speak. The C, the CPTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating how, how you can almost stereotype yourself as this bad person because of the things that happen to you. So my mind is spinning with like questions and, and different things, but I think when you have been hurt so deeply, and hurt in a way that does inflict shame on you because you think you deserved it. You did something wrong. And chances are you were probably told that at that oh, yeah. time that this is your fault or, you know, you deserve this. And so right. you, you start to own those, those feelings, those thoughts. And then so I can see how that sense of self is, is lost. Lots of times people will say, you know, why would you become like hypersexual if you were sexually abused? You think you'd shy away from it. But the thing is, it's like the, the body and the brain, you are taught, if you love me, you'll do this. This is how you feel. You know, if you, you love daddy, you love what I, you know what I mean? So you, you know, it's not something that you sit and think, okay, now how do I get feel loved? You, it's an automatic thing. You know, love sucks, you know, and, and you just literally just keep doing it because it's all you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and this is where it's just important to go, okay, that's okay, because that's all I learned. Now I'm going to learn something else. You know, now I can do something different. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I have wondered that. I'm like, how can people that are abused be hypersexual? How can they have all these relationships? But I think it, it they're actually searching for. But they're just for, reliving the trauma. Like it's all they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of and like, it's, how does a smoker keep smoking? You know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's this weird, you know, and it all happens so unconsciously that unless you can really sit with it and just kind of recognize, you know, like the first key in my program is recognizing like a lot of the things that we don't know, we don't know. But when somebody can teach you, Hey, I bet you didn't know this. Let's recognize this. All of a sudden it's like, Oh, that's why I keep, cause the other thing is when you perpetuate what you know, and then you get mad at yourself for doing it because you didn't really want to do it. Then you think, Oh, I am. Look at me. I didn't want to do this. And yet mm-hmm. I keep doing this. It's a vicious cycle. I, yeah. And it's a cycle. And so when you learn, well, but this is the cycle that I learned. It's like, why would I yell at myself for riding the bike? Well, that's all I know. I, I need to get a new bike. I need to learn something different. You know what I mean? So, and I think that really helps transform shame too, because it, you start to understand why you're doing the things you're doing, even though you don't want to. Yeah. You know, and that's why it gets difficult to sit with discomfort because when you're learning something new, you know, it feels uncomfortable. You know, I just wrote about that in one of my blogs for this upcoming and it's just because it feels bad doesn't mean it is bad. You know, mm-hmm. like you have, you have to be able to be comfortable at first because riding a new bike is going to be like, wow, this feels weird, but you're not going to abandon it. You're going to go, okay, this feels weird because the next time I do it, it's not going to feel so weird. The next time it's going to be like, Oh, look, this is a pretty pink bike. Okay, I got that, you know, whatever it is. But all of a sudden, it's not so scary anymore. Uh-huh. And it becomes yeah. a new way of doing things. So what are your five keys? I do want you to have the opportunity to share those. I don't, um, we don't have time to go into them in depth, right. but I think, but I mean, 
having worked with you, I know what they are, but I think they're very, your whole program is designed in such a way that it can have a profound impact on anyone who is suffering. And right. I, I would love for you to share what, what those five keys are. Sure. The first key is recognize. And that is really where I just kind of work with my clients in learning some of the things that I was just sharing, you know, recognizing that these are normal, normal behaviors um, and normal reactions to things. The second key is relate. And that's where really it's important to learn to relate to God and then learn to re- relate to yourself with compassion. And that's just, you know, like I talked earlier, when you can see yourself with compassion and see that you were wounded and learn to relate to yourself differently, it makes a big difference. And all of these things help the anxiety and fear without consciously going, oh, I'm going to stop feeling anxious. The fourth key is recover. And that's where we do a lot of like very hands-on, how do I actually regulate? What do I do to calm down? You know, that kind of thing. Interacting, you know, with relationships, role-playing and stuff like that. And then renew is really just kind of going over the five um, pillars of post-traumatic growth and learning to get, you know, live, you know, with new appreciation for life, new experiences and things like that. And the idea is basically that the bridge has these keys and, you know, sometimes you walk across the bridge one way, sometimes another, and you basically have these keys to kind of help you navigate the bridge of life, so to speak. And so the five are, say them one more time, just um, without the oh, relation. Recognize, relate rest, recover, and renew. Yeah. And I, I think rest is so important. That's the third one. Yeah, that um, is the third one. Yeah, I missed, I missed that one. I forgot. That's the other thing is that, that, that learning how to rest and that there's different types of rest. Dr. Susan Dalton talks a lot about that. She's a Christian psychiatrist, I think. And she's got a whole book called Sacred Rest. And it's funny, I didn't even know about her book when I was creating my program. So like, that's been a really great like um piece to you know add to help my clients and learning that there's like actually different types of rest and how how do you do it you know yeah yeah it is so important because I think overall you know like you said it's mind body spirit and without rest we can't nurture any of those three right and you can't you're not going to recover or overcome anxiety or childhood trauma or complex trauma if you're only focusing on one thing yeah you know that's why cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't really work because it's only on the brain. It's not, you know, it's, you're not dealing with your spirit, your body, you know, and that's all three that need to be, you know, help. So Gina, the other thing you talk about is, and I'm going to say the the phrase wrong, but it's like reparenting yourself. Right. That's, that's right. That's how you say is, it. Did I, did I say yeah. it right? Yeah, okay. Can you just describe that? Sure. I mean, reparenting is, you know, and I have a trouble with this word because reparenting Reparenting is difficult when you ha- didn't have a parent to learn from, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's so dumb, right? Like, but reparenting is basically learning how to relate to yourself from a place of what, what we call, in, like, what I've learned in psychodrama is like the appropriate authority. And so, when it comes to reparenting, you're basically learning to relate to yourself, you know, with unconditional love, but also you know, a little bit of tough love when necessary, so to speak, you know, you know, and you know, you shouldn't be like eating the ice cream every night at four in the morning, you know, or, you know, maybe reaching your goals, but it's really learning. Reparenting is really just learning how to relate to yourself from a place of a safe, unconditional, loving, you know, supportive authority role that you develop within yourself, so to speak. Okay. So like, especially if you didn't have that from your own parents, then you can 
kind of create that. Yeah, I mean, that's for why yourself. I think it, yeah. And then, okay, and yeah, it helps and you move it, forward yeah. and accept yourself too. Yeah, and it's really, I think that's why like role playing is such a crucial part of working with trauma survivors, you know, learning like what does it look like? What would she say in certain situations? Because you, you only have in your mind the record that your parents or abuser put in there. So, you know, you can't just say to somebody, like, reparent yourself. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I only, I'm doing, I'm actually reparenting myself every day, but it's not a good way because my parent was really abusive. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, I think that's why it's really important to do things like, you know, role playing and, you know, relating to God, especially, you know, and then learning to like see yourself differently, kind of from outside yourself a little bit as this wounded, you know, a, a child who really needed love and deserved love. And yet is like, you know, still feeling sad and left out and unimportant. And then learning how to relate yourself differently so that the next time you want to get the ice cream, you don't just go, screw it, you know, <laughs> screw it, I'm going to eat this. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but like, if that's how you were spoken to, you know what I mean? So you have to learn like, hey, I know you really want that ice cream. That's not good for you. You can have that on the weekends or, you know, we're going to sell it. We're going to have, you know, ice cream twice a week or something, you know, and, and you can do this, you know, but learning how to use different language for yourself and relate to yourself in a, in a more healthy and supportive, compassionate, you know, but like I said, really supportive way so that you are able to do what you need to do for yourself, like go to the gym if you don't want to, or dump the guy who's not so great and try something different and go out with somebody different, you know, or not sit by the phone, but really learning to develop that relationship with yourself so that you can say, okay, I know you want this or whatever, but here's the best way to do it. So it's basically learning how to be a unconditionally loving, supportive parent to yourself, to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Gina, I love this. The great conversation and a wealth of information. You opened my eyes to certain things, and I know that you will have opened the eyes of the listeners as well. So um, how can the listeners connect with you, learn more from you, maybe even work with you? Um, they can go to my website, GinaRolkowski.com, and that's G-I-N-A-R-O-L-K-O-W-S-K-I.com. You can find me on Instagram or um, LinkedIn or Pinterest at Gina Rolkowski uh, as well. And if you go to my website, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter, Bite Size Bright Foods. And I also have my ebook, Five Keys to Overcome Abuse and Discover Joy, that they can download for free if they want to get to know a little bit about me. Or they can also find my, my, my IGTV videos that I do once a week on Instagram and they can see my face if they want to. <laughs> awesome. That's fabulous. And you guys, I do encourage you to follow Gina on Instagram. Her videos are great. She does these little bite-sized videos like at bedtime, I think, right? Are they, mm -hmm. are they still at yeah, bedtime? I do them around like eight o'clock at night on Thursday nights. They're mm -hmm. fabulous. Like you'll, you'll feel so soothed and ready for bed after you watch. <laughs> I've watched some of them and they're really good. Anyway, listeners, thank you so much for being here, especially if you stayed with us till the end. If you would please consider leaving us a rating and review, that is how we grow and how more people find the podcast and can learn such valuable information from our incredible guest. So thank you so much for being here. If you have someone you love that you think could benefit from this episode, please share it with them and encourage them to subscribe to the show, but also to connect with Gina. Thanks so much, everybody. And we'll see you next time. You've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal, but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. 
and I'm here to help you. Together, we'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. Work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingraham.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.